0: Welcome to the Homeschool Loft Cast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home, and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. Well, Jenny is going to be back with us very soon, but today I'm once again joined um, by my daughter, Rachel, as my co-host. Rachel, do you feel like an old pro now after having hosted one other episode?
1: I mean, I guess, but it's (laughs) only one other episode.
0: Well, I mean, we don't have many guest hosts who've done more than one, so I don't know. Well, now you're going to be on the hook
1: have to beat out dad for doing two.
0: This is true. This is true. You can do that. You can do three and then you're ahead. Right. (laughs) Okay. Well, so um, I mentioned last time Rachel was with me that it was really appropriate that she was here because we talked to a librarian and Rachel loves books. It's also wonderful that she's here today because Rachel loves music and she is a very gifted pianist who took lessons from about the time she was six, I think, until she graduated high school. And I think that, Rachel, your personal experience today is going to be really beneficial Mm -hmm. uh, because we have welcomed into our studio a guest uh, who is also my voice coach right now, my friend, Lindy Stein. Lindy is a Green Bay native who graduated from Southwest High School Teaching is actually her passion, so much so that she knew she wanted to be a teacher from the time she was in second grade. And then she narrowed that down to being a music teacher during her freshman year of high school. She's also been playing piano since she was in second grade and has even taken lessons on that on and off as an adult. So, adults, you can still take lessons. (laughs) Lindy was a flute and voice major in college and continues to take voice lessons as an adult. She teaches privately in her in home studio currently carrying 45 to 50 students weekly, one of whom is me, and her number one cheerleader is her husband, Brian, whom she has known since she was four years old. Oh my goodness. She has an adult daughter living in Pennsylvania with her husband and a bonus daughter living in North Carolina with her boyfriend. Welcome, Lindy. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. We are so glad to have you here. Um, And before we get into the main topic, we're going to talk to you about music education for homeschoolers, right? That's our our main topic. But only recently did you tell me that you actually homeschooled your daughter for a little while. I didn't know that, but tell us about that. I did. She started off in Christian school
2: Mm -hmm. um, in her kindergarten year and uh, about three three quarters of the way through, we had to change that um, because of circumstances and she was put in the public school, found out there that she does not fit in their little boxes that they wanted her in. (laughs) So we struggled with that kindergarten, first grade, second grade after, well, even third grade. And after that, it was like, uh, something's got to give here because um, this is not working for this child. She would get A's, she would get F's, Mm. nothing in between, because she would just stare out the window and therefore she would get an F because she didn't do her work. Mm. She did her work, she got A's. So we decided to pull her out. Now this is back in the early Mm eighties that we are doing this. So homeschooling was just really starting to get off the ground back then. We had, we lived in Florida. We had a wonderful homeschool organization down there that we plugged into. And, um, she just, she flourished, Mm -hmm. just flourished. So we did fourth and fifth grade homeschooling. Mm -hmm. And because there were not as many options for us for different classes. I panicked with having to teach her science. Uh. So because this is middle school coming up now with sixth grade and there's experiments and I'm going, oh no, what am I going to do? So, (laughs) and we ended up moving back to Ohio at that time as well. So it was just a natural transition then to put her back in public school,
0: Okay, which
2: she now says, mom, I wish I would have been homeschooled the whole time. So, yes. You have a very smart daughter there. Yes, I do.
0: Yes, I do. (laughs) Did she stay in public school then the whole rest of her career? She
2: did not. She ended up transferring to another Christian school Mm -hmm. um, in Ohio. And I think she was there her junior and senior year, I think. pretty sure. I know she graduated from there. Anyway, I think she was just there for two years. And that was a better fit for her than public school overall. Yes.
0: Yes. Overall, it was. Okay. Yeah. Good. So you are, you're one of us. I, I didn't am. know that when I first started taking voice lessons from you. I'm like, I love you, fine, but, but I didn't, I, tell I, you didn't that. I didn't know. So now this, you know, this is very cool. So, uh-huh.
1: so before the first question, kind of part of it, um, fun story. When me and my sister were younger, like however young when we were born, our grandma went to mom and dad and she begged us or them to have us in piano lessons or some sort of music. <laughs> Cause we, she was adamant about it. Did she, she taught music, right?
0: Well, she plays accordion. She plays clarinet and and sings tenor in
1: the church choir. (laughs) She just about said, those girls are going to do some sort of music and you were going to do that anyway. It was kind of just a hard and fast rule. So um, we were going to do it anyway. Um, Do you think that's something that each kid should do, you know, get involved in music some way?
0: Or especially piano lessons, because people are like piano instruction.
1: Because that's kind of the beginning of everything.
2: Yes, absolutely. Piano is one of the basic instruments because you're going to learn both clefs. You're going to learn treble clef. You're going to learn bass clef. The only... Um, disadvantage is you don't learn the alto clef, which a viola plays. Oh. Um, so if you are going to go into strings and you want to play the viola, which is the, one of the coolest stringed instruments there is next to the cello, in my opinion, but I'm not biased because I play no stringed instrument. <laughs> it's just what I like to listen to. However, my bonus daughter plays viola beautifully. Uh, okay. Um, so, yeah. And and learning that hand-eye coordination at a young age, and there's there are statistics that show math scores and science scores just really go up when a child takes piano, especially. Hmm. I don't know what the difference is about piano versus any of the other instruments, but I believe it's got to be something with the fact that you're reading the two different clefts. Yeah. Your hands are moving, your feet are moving. You need to be counting, you need to be doing all that, except maybe your feet and your hands, unless you're playing drums, yeah. you know, drums is another, but you're not reading any clefs with drum. You're just, unless you're playing a um, keyboard instrument in the percussion section, yeah. you're not reading clefs. You're right. only reading the rhythm is right. all you're reading, but your hands and feet are both going too. So I don't know what it is to, what it is scientifically that makes that part of the brain really come alive when you are yeah. teaching or when you are learning to play the piano. But it has been proven that math scores and science scores will go up. And I've, I've had kids as students that have um, ADD, they have attention issues. And um, I had one student that was autistic. Oh, he was incredible. Um, and they just, it's really, it's amazing how it helps them really stay focused mm. and, and get to
0: get the task done. Wow. So Rachel doesn't like math, but she's no, a gifted pianist. I'm trying to figure that out. But she had, tell Lindy, you never count.
1: No, I don't count. I don't know how I've learned or managed to play piano all this time, but it drove my piano teacher nuts. Because uh-huh. I would never really count. I could play things personally. Lindy would have made you count. Uh, I was strong-willed with it, but... I never counted, but I still managed to do things correctly.
2: Did you listen to like recordings? I would of- listen to
1: what it sounded like. So ah. I would, cause I would kind of not memorize, but I knew what it sounded like in my right. head. Right. So I could just play it like I had heard it. So yes. it was counting with just listening.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. the
1: counting of, you know, whatever the beat was, it threw me off to have to remember the numbers in my head. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
2: So when you're in church, can you clap on the beat?
1: I think I can. Yeah. I haven't okay. tried it recently, but I can.
2: You can't. Okay. Well as long as you can do that, then you could count if you really worked at <laughs> if it. If I really could. worked at it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I was just focused you on
0: the music. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> kind of a goal with the flow gal. But that yeah. makes me laugh because she doesn't like math
2: no, and she I'm never not a did math count. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it is funny because the kids that are not math people, they do struggle with the counting. That oh, wow. is their well, struggle is the counting. Yeah. If they're not math, if they love math, their counting is phenomenal. If they don't like math, oh, it is a struggle. <laughs> it's a struggle. And I, I I have ways, I'm not a cookie cutter teacher. Yeah. I have ways of being able to reach those kids with whatever issue they have that's happening. And and we have, we, I use stickers as um, their motivation. So when they have a page that I consider performance ready, my basic goal, my basic rule is one mistake per page and you can mm-hmm. put a sticker on it. Now, if it's like a class A piece, which I don't teach, at all, I, I know my limitations, and <laughs> once you get to that level, you need to find another teacher. I'm mm. great for the beginners and intermediates, but when you get up to the class A stuff, then um, find somebody else because. <laughs> I, and I've had my students. I tell them that, and they just cry and they cry and they cry. I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry, I am especially this one student I had. She wanted to be a piano major in college, and I'm like, I'm holding you back, girl. Aww. You cannot do this. And every week, I said, I can't help you anymore. Aww. I can't. And Finally, she got a new teacher. It was at Christmas time, and her mom was coming in, and I said. Katie's not with you, right? She goes, nope. And I said, okay, um, I need to talk to you. I said, she needs a new teacher. I am not (laughs) teaching her, period. I'm done. I'm not, this is not right for her. Yeah. And she was a junior in high school at this point. Mm -hmm. And I, she goes, oh, I'm so glad you said that because I need to talk to you too, because- she found a teacher and I'm like, <laughs> she did. I was so excited. And I said, cause I, I told her, I said the list of piano teachers that I recommend is on the piano. She goes, can I see it anyway? I'm like, sure. First name on the list that I had is who she chose. Oh, cool. So she had worked with him for at a summer camp and uh, did a, some music, some piano master classes with him and really yeah. felt like she clicked with him and she's doing phenomenally. She's mm-hmm. down at Lawrence university. She'll be a senior, wow. junior, oh. a, maybe a senior. I oh. can't remember, junior or senior anyway. Yeah, She's, but yeah. you set that firm foundation for her. But, yes. Yeah, so, which is yes, good. Absolutely. So.
0: Yeah. Is it ever too early or too late to start with piano in particular? The hands obviously need to be a certain size.
2: And I did start a a three-year-old once. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she was very, very good. But the music, she was learning so fast. The music got really hard for her small little hands. (laughs) Um, I have started a rule now, though, that if I have anybody under eight years old, a parent does not, if a parent does not know how to play the piano, Mm -hmm. know how to read music, especially then they might not, they might know how to play, but not how to read music. Yeah. They must sit on the other side of the piano bench and learn right along with that child. Wow. A young child does not remember what I've told them during a lesson to go home and practice. They don't. They just don't. Yeah. So it has worked out so well since I've done that mm-hmm. so well. I mean, these kids and the parents are actively involved. And, you know, if you have a question, call me, text me. We can FaceTime, you know, we yeah. can work you through this. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm open to if these people want to do this and they are open to moving along with this child and having this child succeed in this, let's make it work. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, if a kid is taking piano lessons and decides that, they, that it isn't for them, they want to quit that, what <laughs> would you recommend is the minimum amount of time or skill level they should reach before that? And maybe what's an encouragement to their parents who might be concerned that their kid wants to stop piano lessons?
2: Piano's not for everybody. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. And I suggest six months. Mm-hmm. It doesn't oh. matter what the skill level is. I just suggest six months. Give oh. it a six month. Trial. That's pretty short. That is, I was
0: thinking years. No. that's not what no. you
2: said to Abby. No, no. <laughs> no. Six months is if a kid isn't gonna get into it, they're not gonna get into it. And then it's just punishment. It's cool. <laughs> it's not it's not fair. Maybe they're into sports. Maybe they're into, you know, I don't know what else there is out there. But mm-hmm. um, if piano isn't it, don't keep punishing them. Six months. I think is fair to know if they're going to like it or not. Okay. Um, and With and, weekly and, lessons and steady practice, exactly, and they, it doesn't click at all. Exactly. Okay. Now, I just had this conversation with um, a mom and her little daughter last week. Mm-hmm. And because she came and she goes, now, she loves her piano lessons. And I said, but she hates to practice.
0: <laughs> I know that it was coming all right?
2: the time. And, and mom said, yep. And this is one where mom sits right next to her okay. on the piano bench. I mean, on the other side of the piano bench. And I said, you know, I would love to have you continue. I would be very, very sad to see you go. Um, I gave her some suggestions on how it worked for me when I was a kid. I had my to-do list to do when I got home from school. Now I know we're in summertime now, but as far as being in school, sometimes it's a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I got home from school, I was allowed to get a snack. And then I went downstairs, our piano was in the family room and we had a split level and I went downstairs. The, the oven was exactly right above my piano because of where the oven wall was compared to where (laughs) my piano was in Uh the family room. So I turned the dial on the oven, um, the timer for half an hour and I would go downstairs and I would practice. And a lot of times the timer would go off and I'd go back down and keep playing because I just loved it so much. But, um, these days, the music, I don't push these kids as hard as I was pushed because I wanted it. I wanted to be pushed like that. I wanted to take, you give me as much as you can. I'm going to play and play and play because that was my outlet. So yeah. I loved it. <laughs> A lot of kids, it's just, okay, I'm going to do this because mom and dad, I do like it, right. but I'm going to do this more because mom and dad want me to do it. Mm-hmm. So 10 minutes, 15 minutes, if they can get whatever pieces they have down to where they feel like they can pass it Mm -hmm. and we can move on that week, then great. And then I tell them, but you know, we get into harder books and it's going to take you longer to get these pieces learned. If you keep only practicing 10 minutes a day, Mm -hmm. by now you should be practicing at least 20 minutes or maybe a half an hour or maybe 45 minutes or an hour, whatever it's going to be to
0: get the pieces learned that you need to get learned. Well, and hopefully if they've stuck it out that long, they're motivated internally. They want to do it by that point. Right. Like when I was a junior in high school,
2: I was so busy and piano got let go Mm -hmm. because I just did not have the time to, to take, to put to it. Like I always had, I missed it so bad. I went back to it my senior year. I could (laughs) not, I only probably let it go for six months. I couldn't take it. I needed my, (laughs) I needed that outlet. So that was, you know, I, I absolutely needed to have that. But yeah, so when I, and I'll give them ideas like, you know, uh, my to-do list, I get a snack, I go down at practice and then I do my homework. If there was homework back in Mm -hmm. those days, we didn't have homework because (laughs) we were allowed to be kids. And that was the great thing about homeschooling. (laughs) She could get all her work done in like three hours. And then we had the rest of the day to do gym day or swim day or, you know, whatever we were going to do, library day, just play. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then I'll, I'll tell them, you know, just if they want to, you know, maybe try another couple of months. And if it just isn't going to work, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, maybe they make, uh, try to make a to-do list for their kid. I, I don't yeah. know how parents raise kids these
0: days. <laughs> I mean, I really don't. I don't yeah, know what yeah. they use, how they right. structure their home life. You know, when we, so the girls took piano, Rachel from like age six or so all the way up to high school graduation. Abby took it from, I get well, maybe Rachel, you were seven because you started at the seven. same time. So Abby would have been six at that point. She started then at six and somewhere in her early teens. And she liked it. She did well, but then she lost the mojo for it. And um I could tell that, but I I was like, so I talked to somebody that was a piano teacher because I didn't know you at the time, and I, wasn't I said here at the time either. Well, that what? Yeah, I don't even know when that. No, you were in Green Bay. Oh, was I. Yeah, but oh. I didn't know you yet. Right. <laughs> um. So I talked to a gal from church who was a piano teacher, and I think the girls were in like Faber three or something okay. like that. Yep. And this gal said, you know, she won't progress, but if she's that far, if she ever wants to pick it up again. She'll be able to. Because that yeah. was my big thing. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And but then my rule for Abby became, yes, you you can stop piano, but you have to pick a different instrument. Because oh. of the music thing. And so mm-hmm. actually when she stopped piano, she picked up voice, which is really her forte oh. and guitar. Oh, and she did that for a little while until her guitar teacher made (laughs) her switch from acoustic to classical, which she hated. (laughs) She's a great acoustic guitar player, but, um, and she'll come back to it. But what I did during our homeschool day was it was, so the hard things were early in the day. So (laughs) math always happened early and especially when they were starting out because it required me sitting with them and everything like that. Piano was a part of our official morning Mm -hmm. for school and it wasn't an add on in the afternoon. It was part of the day.
2: Yeah. That was how it was with my daughter too. Yeah. In fact, she took lessons from, she took her flute lessons from me. I was not going to give her her piano lessons. So I searched for a piano teacher that I trusted to teach correctly, Mm. which in my opinion, there's a right way and a wrong way to teach. There really is. I mean. That's what I'm going to ask you next. Okay. What I should look for. (laughs) Um, So I, it was, it was difficult for me to give that up, but I couldn't be her school teacher, her flute teacher piano teacher and anything else this child decided she wanted to do right. well, oh, in fact I, you I were part of the co-op too right I, I, mean. I was I was actually part we like I so said we lived in Florida at the time mm-hmm. and um, a friend of mine had started up a homeschool orchestra oh yeah and she taught the strings and the brass because she also played trumpet and I taught the woodwinds mm-hmm. and my daughter heard the violin for the first time and decided
1: mommy can I take violin
0: lessons <laughs> and so
2: because I was volunteering my time to help with this orchestra the orchestra director Gave her violin lessons for free, so then she fell in love with the violin as well.
0: <laughs> and so you just expose them to a bunch of things, yes. right? And something sticks. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so, how do you look for a piano teacher? What, what what should parents look for if they're seeking a piano teacher in particular? They the best way is to find
2: is to find a someone that a friend would recommend. Oh okay. That I think word of mouth is the best way to find a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um you can find, you know, some at like I don't know Starbucks maybe has, I don't know some community <laughs> community bulletin boards will yeah. have piano teacher or whatever with tabs and you can pull their the phone numbers off with. Yeah. Um I don't I would never to somebody like that. i never say never. I would probably <laughs> not choose somebody like that. I would want to talk to somebody. Hey, I know your daughter's taking piano lessons. Your son's taking piano lessons. Who do you take from? Are they taking new students? Yeah. Um, how do they like them? What is he or she like as a teacher? And that I think getting word of mouth from somebody you trust would be the best way to find a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then if that teacher is not taking anybody yet, either see if they've got a waiting list. And if they don't see if we've got friends I've got a friend that I would recommend, mm-hmm. um, to, but I know she has a waiting list. <laughs> so <laughs> There's that. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think a uh, word of mouth is the, that's how my studio has grown is mm-hmm. just word of mouth. I've done no advertising at all. None. <laughs>
0: No, I'm with you because of our mutual friend that whose daughter takes voice lessons with you. Right. And I'm like, all right, if, if uh, Lindy can get me to sing halfway like that,
2: <laughs> if I could sing halfway <laughs> like that. Oh my
0: word. <laughs> Sarah Gregory, we're giving you a shout out.
2: <laughs> Come to recital next Sunday. You'll get to hear her sing. Ah, mm-hmm. I think I could. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, if for some reason a kid can't find a teacher there are a lot of online instruction options. Do those work as a replacement for in-person learning?
2: Depends on the person. I did have an adult. I teach a lot of adults as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have an adult that started te- learn, teaching herself that way. And the motivation is really not there. Even as adults, it's there's something about that accountability, knowing that you're going to have somebody personal listen to you Every week. There's just <laughs> something that motivates you to at least the night before, get that book out <laughs> and do some crash practicing. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I don't know. I've never tried them, but, um, I, cause I've always taken in-person lessons. So really as an to g- give you an educated answer.
0: I don't know. <laughs> and that's the honest answer. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, I'm going to skip ahead a li- little bit. So I'm going to ask, how do you motivate reluctant students? Candy? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't ever use food for for motivation. Um,
2: stickers work a lot. I mean, that's what I use: is stickers <laughs> yeah. in my piano books. Even my adults. You've
0: never given me a sticker. That's because you're
2: a voice student. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could put it on your forehead.
2: <laughs> um, I had a seventy-some-year-old piano student for a while. Uh, She was in her, she was like 68 when she started with me and in her early seventies and her little hand was reaching for the stickers after she played a piece. And I'm like, "Mm, Linda, I think it needs another week. (laughs) So um, yeah, the kids really are motivated to get those stickers. They really, really are. I don't know. I mean, I love my stickers and they're like, do I get a sticker? I mean, they really are motivated by stickers (laughs) and I'll tell them, you know, if they've been working on a piece two or three weeks, I'm like, okay, this piece is a difficult piece and typically it can take two to three weeks, But let's really work on it hard next week so you can put a sticker on it. That's generally what I'll say. Let's work on it really hard this week so we can put a sticker on it Mm. and make it performance ready. Or if I sometimes I'll video my students playing and I'll post it on my Lindy's Lessons page on Facebook, which is another way that they can get a hold. People could get a hold of me for lessons is message me through Facebook, Lindy's lessons, yes. and yeah. So, what was I saying before I got that little sidetrack? Oh, motivating
0: reluctant yes. students. Yeah, um, don't yeah. put me on your Facebook because that'll demotivate me. <laughs> you know that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you Put me on audio somewhere. That'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, I we know. We've had that talk. We have. We have. <laughs>
1: um, what um, specific things can parents do to help motivate their kids, especially in the early stages when they're just starting piano lessons?
2: I think the best motivation is that, that parent sits right next to them, works it out with them and maybe even learns right along with them. I have a couple parents that have actually been working a little ahead, ahead of their students mm. and here so they hear the student, hears their parent learning to play their pieces as oh, well. Yeah. That's really been, that's really been motivation. It really has that parent taking an active role as yeah. a parent, I think is the best motivation.
0: You know, that's so cool because I never thought about it. I did sit next to the girls when they were learning because I read music and I could help. And I kind of relearned or better learned bass class because I didn't take piano lessons. So I I knew it a little bit. But um, so that really helped me. But here on our podcast and at The Loft, we always talk about parents learning along with their kids. I never really thought about it like that for music, though. Like Mm -hmm. the better thing I could have done for Rachel and Abby was to also take lessons. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. cool. You, you still can. <laughs> well, I know I can, but I mean. there's no a good teacher. <laughs> I, does she have room? <laughs> For you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. What would you have thought, Rachel, if I was also taking lessons at the same time as you? Can you think back to like your mm-hmm. beginning years?
1: I mean, I don't know how I would have reacted to that. It might have been a a fun thing or I could have felt the pressure to be as good as my mom. (laughs) You're assuming I would have been any good. (laughs) I think it would have been neat. Like, you know, if I had been struggling on a piece, I could have gone to you and said, you know, maybe you can help me work through this Mm -hmm. because maybe we're learning the same piece at the same time. Mm hmm. My dad, actually, he
2: was a violin um, performer, not performer, but he took violin in high school and he was, I guess, first chair, principal player Mm -hmm. in his high school. So he could read the treble clef and he knew, and he sang baritone. He was the, he was the soloist at First Methodist Church for their Mm -hmm. choir Mm -hmm. when I was growing up here. And he- so he would help me so he could read enough of the bass clef from his singing and he knew treble clef from violin. He would come down if I was struggling and, and work through a piece with me. And that just helped that because we didn't have FaceTime back then, you know, (laughs) we didn't, we couldn't just text somebody. And, and it was,
0: it really made the difference for me when I was hitting a wall on something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was, again, I wasn't taking piano lessons with them, but I'm sure through the entire level one, I sat with them every single day for their practice time. Yeah. Probably you got annoyed with me <laughs> because I
1: made you practice. Well, you were trying to get me to count and I yeah, couldn't was, understand yeah, how was to hard. do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you're right. Just being able to see that music. And because I read music, it was at least some way that I could say, I do know something about right. this. And right. Yeah. It does make a difference. Yeah are there some things that parents shouldn't do as they're helping their kids learn piano? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Such as? Um, (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Um, I don't, I think you got to keep it fun. Mm -hmm. If it becomes too much drudgery and, um, you know, maybe like if they're starting to become reluctant Mm -hmm. with it, you know, have that talk with them. Hey, you know, I, you're going to do this for six months. It can either be fun or it can be work. Um, but either you make it work or you don't, but we're going to do this for at least six months period. Um, I had one student for five years. She still couldn't name a single note. Not one. She wanted to continue or her parent made her continue? Her parent made her continue. And then she changed to flute in middle school, or she started taking flute in middle school, couldn't read a single note. And she'd been playing piano for five years. And that was a, that was a reflection on me because I was her teacher. But I bet you'd done everything you could. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I, I mean, literally we spent the whole half hour for naming the notes on her piece. Wow. naming the notes every week, and she would refuse to learn them. Oh, wow! We ended up moving.
0: <laughs> Just get away from her. That's when you moved, right? It wasn't any other reason.
2: It's like, I need to get away from that child.
0: <laughs> no, that now parent. We, that we were parent.
2: moving from Ohio to North Carolina to follow our daughter. Oh, okay. That's what we were doing. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: What, do you think that the girl had such a block because of the way her parents put pressure yes. on her? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So that's something there was to too do.
2: much pressure from the parents. Mm. Yep.
0: Yep. Did I so pressure they, you too much? No,
2: you didn't. <laughs> yeah. They have to you it's it's a fine balance. Like parent yeah. just parenting is a fine balance mm-hmm. of how far to push in anything. Yeah. It really is. You
0: know, you've got a strong willed child. You don't want to break that will, you just want to bend it. Right. So and then if you have a child who I'm not, I'm, I'm, this is not you, Rachel, but I mean, some children need a little bit of a light, the fire right. under the rear end, but how much is too much, right. right? And how much is not enough. Right. And
2: right. I'm, I was Ugh. a very, well, I am still very sensitive, but I was a very, very sensitive child when it came to learning <laughs> and you just look at me cross-eyed and I cry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was, I'm the middle child, was very compliant. Mom said that even as an infant, I was helping her put my arm in the sleeve of, my clothes yeah <laughs> oh my goodness yeah that's what she says the story she i heard her telling for you know all the while i was growing up wow so i'm that i'm that kid yeah
1: mm.
2: yeah and it's so a blessing well, and a curse
0: well yeah i mean so easily hurt then yes, too very right easily so parents hurt. have to be careful about that right, so. right. wow yep. wow
1: What about other instruments? Is there a good time after the kid starts learning piano to start looking into other instruments or is there a time that they should start looking into other instruments? I think it's up
2: to the child up to the, yeah, up to the child or even an adult, actually not just guaranteed, not just for kids, but I know we're talking about homeschool kids here. Um, a lot of times if they can get exposed, like take them to the symphony, mm-hmm. take them to a community band that's yeah. playing in the summertime, you can always find free concerts to go to in the summer and they can get exposed to different, different instruments. Yeah. Um, listen to Peter and the Wolf um, <laughs> and it's going to give all the instruments and it's just, you know, they'll say, oh, I'd like to learn that one, and yes. um, and I, there might even be something at like Hyde Music or or even at, at GB or that is uh, for kids. I think there is some some sort of kids programs out there where they can get exposed to the different instruments and think, oh, I think I want to learn how to play that. Yeah. Now in my studio, because I teach flute. I have a lot of little girls that I want to learn flute too. <laughs> and so, you know, cause I, I used to play my flute a lot at the recitals, but I don't have any flute students right now, which is oh. sad. Cause that is my, yeah. I had a student t- yes today ask me, when you sing, do you just feel joy all over when you sing? And I said, no, hmm. I don't. And mm-hmm. I don't. And she said, is there any of your music when you, when you do it that you feel joy all over? I said, my flute. Oh. That is my first love okay. is my flute. Even um, though I didn't start it until I was in eighth grade, that yeah, is my first love. That was my it. major in college. What you mentioned that
0: already was yeah, food. Yeah. That was my number one major. So, yeah. Did I ever tell you my flute story? <laughs> I don't know. Did you? <laughs> when, uh, so I went to public school Yeah. as I think probably most people, your, your age and my age went, right? Right. Um, and when... The end of fifth grade, I think going into sixth grade is when you could go, you had a special conference with the music teacher and the, and he let you try out all the instruments and no, it was end of fourth grade going into fifth grade. And you could choose which one you wanted to start in right. band in the fall. And I was convinced I'm playing the flute. <laughs> I want the flute. I only want the flute. <laughs> I'm
2: looking at your lips.
0: I know, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, who who was I? I didn't know anything about lips at the time. I'm like, I'm playing flute. I'm a girl. I want to play the flute. Yeah, not with a sweetheart lip, you're not. (laughs) mm -mm, And I told him, I said, I want to play the flute. So he pulled that out from me, Mr. Jorgensen. And he was a sweet guy. I'm sure he knew, (laughs) but he let me try. Good. All I could do was blow in his face. (laughs) No matter what I did, I couldn't blow into that mouthpiece. And he, um... now this is interesting. What he gave me instead was a clarinet, mm-hmm. a saxophone, and a mm-hmm. French horn.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I'm a French horn player. That was it. And my father-in-law was a music teacher. And so when he met me, he's like, oh, your embouchure is completely French horn. That's it. Ah. And I, when I started, it was like people People often are like, French horn so hard. <laughs> it never really was for me because that's God made my lips for to French be horn. French horn lips. And I'm trying to figure out why Mr. Jorgensen thought clarinet and saxophone as well. <laughs> Cause I mean, woodwinds, brass, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I chose French horn because my father, um, who's very competitive said, well, even if you're bad, you'll stand out because there won't be anybody else.
1: (laughs) So someone will know that you're there.
0: That was weird. But, um, but it turns out that God had designed me to be a French horn player, but I so wanted to play the flute and I was so sad. So
2: (laughs) I had a student, a flute student for a while. She was a homeschooled, um, child This is when we lived in Florida and she had a really defined sweetheart lip, Mm -hmm. really prominent. And literally what's happening with that is your, your air is splitting. So it's not going directly into the embouchure hole. It is splitting. And, um, so I was telling you, you're going to have to either close one side of your lip, learn to use those muscles to close half of your lip, So that you're just blowing out of one side of your lip. And my poor cat, she... (laughs) hated this. She loved the student, but when she started playing, she was like (laughs) crawling up her leg, like meow, meow, please stop, please stop. And she worked at it for a good six to eight months. She really gave it a try. And I'm I'm never going to tell anybody no. I'm going to tell them there's going to be challenges if there's a sweetheart lip and they really have their heart (laughs) set for it. We worked at it. We really did, didn't it? It never
0: really, she went to harp instead. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. You don't have to worry about your lips at all. (laughs) That's it. That's it. (laughs) That's funny. Go ahead, Rachel.
1: Oh, um, how does music instruction facilitate academic learning and can it ever hinder academics?
2: Oh, it'll never hinder academics <laughs> unless they're practicing so much. They don't do their homework. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, about, right.
1: <laughs> there is that.
2: There is, I have one student. Oh my gosh. When she's in the mode, she practices like I did. She just will sit at the piano for hours and hours and hours. Uh, she's one that needs to go to another piano teacher, but <laughs> she's dragging her feet on that one. Um, I can you repeat the whole question again for me?
1: Uh, how does music facilitate, facilitate. academic learning
2: okay. I think I touched on that earlier about the math and the science I just think it it gets so much of your brain firing yeah. it's a right brain and a left brain thing so it just gets oh, so many of those neurons whatever we have going on up there <laughs> I am not into <laughs> science I have no clue um but it just really does get your brain working in a in a very different way than anything else will yeah. so yeah it's going to definitely help with right. any
0: academics right and i think like like you said, you don't use food as a motivator or whatever. And I think we need to be careful of this, but if you have a really gifted kid musically, um, but you still need them to know arithmetic, you still need them to know how to write up an essay at a certain point, things like that. Maybe using, Hey, get this done. Then you can go practice right. music for five hours. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe in that way too, it would help. But
1: yeah. I think Isaac Bleen was like that. He played piano wonderfully. Yeah. But I don't think he liked any other academics.
0: Mm-hmm. So once his mo- his mom probably told him, get that done. And then you can just play. Right. So, cause a lot of kids, they like to play.
2: They don't necessarily like to practice, but once they've gotten to a certain level, the practicing becomes more like playing as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So Yeah. If you want to sit down at that piano, because that's obviously very therapeutic for them. If they want to sit down at that piano, uh, just like any other chore, you need to get this done first. (laughs) Your homework is obviously a chore, so you need to treat it that way. Something that
0: has to be done. Rachel, how did you feel about that once you were actually like a player instead of just learning?
1: Well, I still had lesson books to go through and I did not like... Playing those songs. If I had a separate piece, like I would do solo ensemble, I liked playing those pieces mm-hmm. because they were interesting and they weren't just like, you know, play a, a simple pattern on your left hand and then chords on the right. That was boring. Mm-hmm. But if it was like an interesting piece, then I liked it. Mm-hmm. And then I would kind of get lost in the music.
2: So you were in lesson books still as you, as uh, yes, that my, high up?
1: My teacher, because that's kind of how she, she did it, was like, let's do a, a lesson book page. And then we'll do like a fun song that would take a little bit longer to learn. And she wanted to, I think it was a goal that I set for myself to get through all of the levels.
2: Cause there's only five levels in Faber. That's mm-hmm. what I teach out of.
1: Yeah, It took me a while. Cause the counting again, it <laughs> took me a while and we were slow uh, about it. Cause I uh, do other songs too.
2: Okay. Cause we do, uh, I, once the student is showing interest in another genre, mm-hmm. then we will pull in another genre. The okay. fact I, one of my students today was working on his piece for, um, so long for so long for recital, which is happening this Sunday at the Neville at one o'clock or three thirty. No, one thirty or three o'clock. That's
0: what they are. Little plug there. Except by the time this airs, it'll that yeah. passed. Oh, that's oh well. right. Never mind. Forget that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Delete. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. This isn't live. <laughs> live. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. So I, uh, once uh, this guy is um, doing a lot of jazz, he's really fun. So tonight I just, his, le- his lesson was my last lesson before coming here. And he was working on, um he's playing Autumn Leaves mm-hmm. for, because he's really gotten into jazz and Misty. And he, you can tell, I mean, I'm just like lost when he's playing it. Cause now he's starting to put in mu- musicality into, it. we just started working on that cause he plays very, very um strict and he counts really well and there's really no music to it mm-hmm. it's just notes and yeah. rhythm and we want to start putting some some ebb and flow into it and he yeah. really started i mean just i talked to him once about it and he was starting to do it and i'm like oh my god, i
1: got goosebumps right now just <laughs> thinking about it
2: and then we pulled out his lesson book uh. because he's finished all the favors so I, I went to alfred and i did level six and Alfred usually but i forgot how boring that one was. And <laughs> I haven't done it in a long time. And I'm like, yeah, I think I got to change something up here because this is not working. Yeah. Um, but mostly because it does start to introduce the students to more of the classic classics, like for Elise and like yes. Sonata and Solfeggetto and things like that. And the other, and several of the, um, the different major composers, mm-hmm. um, like he's working on a Bach piece right now that he's really stuck on because mm-hmm. it's, he's rather do his jazz stuff. And yeah. so I told him today, I said, it's summer let's just have fun. We're just going to put this book away for a little while. Let's just work it because he's also working on, he's just started working on Linus and Lucy for the Christmas recital. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard piece. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to throw a question in here. That's not on our little list, which is okay. (laughs) Um, can you tell our listeners about solo ensemble? Because I think a lot of homeschoolers don't know much about it, even though they can totally participate. Right.
2: And I'm still not quite sure how that all works, Even though I've had several homeschoolers that have um, navigated their way through getting registered and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding is that each homeschool family is considered a school. And so because they are considered a school, then they can go and to the Wisconsin Music Educators Association, WSMA, um, they can go and register their child for solo and ensemble. Now mm-hmm. you have to be a certain skill level to do solo and ensemble. Class C level is the, is the, um, easiest level and it is not easy piano music for sure. <laughs> the vocals are way easier than piano yeah. is. Uh, so I've had students that start on class B level. And, um, then if you get a, an A, 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 superior rating which is a one on mm-hmm. uh, class C then we'll move to Class B the next year unless you've really accelerated during that year and we can just bump you right up to Class A, then we'll bump you up to Class A. Yeah. But again on piano I'm not teaching Class A so <laughs> I teach up to class through Class B but right. I'm not going to take you. But up your to vocal class. students you do all can, the way to Class A. I can take a vocal student to college. yeah, yeah I, I feel I feel and that's one of the reasons I'm taking voice lessons currently right now as right. well as so that I can take this, a student all the way up to college level and same with flute. I can take you through to college level on flute as well, but just don't feel, even though piano I've been playing longer than anything else, mm-hmm. I'm just don't want to work that hard anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I am not that qual And I was class A level before I, you know, quit playing every day. Right. I did play class A level music, but don't yeah. know enough of it yeah. to put under my belt to help kids with the class A list. Yeah.
0: I had both the girls did solo ensemble for both piano and then Abby did uh, guitar and voice um, with those as well. And I thought and I did that growing up, but I thought it was a really cool way. And Rachel, maybe you can speak to this because they did recitals as well, and and those are important. You can you can speak Mm -hmm. to that too, Linny, and tell tell our listeners why recitals are important. (laughs) <laughs> but because I know they are um, for they, everyone. R- well, I didn't, I didn't say I
1: wouldn't,
0: <laughs> um, but there was something I, I thought about solo ensemble where, and this is tough, but you have to get evaluated. Yes, you right? evaluate. it, But they're very friendly evaluators. They're very, very good. Um, but at a recital, you don't get evaluated. You nope. just get applauded. Everybody right? loves you recitals. that's great. So, and I thought it was really neat. Also, I'm a kind of a, um, I push the envelope just a little bit. And really? I, I wanted to make sure that my kids as homeschoolers participated because I knew it was possible. And I knew that I wanted other homeschool families to know that they could do that, too. So, Rachel, how did you feel about Solo on
1: <laughs> Well, I was stressed about it for the first couple of years because you made me do it yes. after Abby started. It became a running thing. Abby wanted to do something, so I had to do it, too. <laughs> But Abby's the younger the, sibling. I was going to say, isn't work. Abby the younger one? Okay. She is, but she's the more gung-ho about things. Like, I could have been perfectly fine without ever doing solo ensemble. But it was because I didn't quite know what it was. But after I knew for a couple of years, I think I did it for four years, right? Well, four or three. It technically would have been four.
0: Maybe four, but then COVID was your senior but year, so you never got to do the it. The last oh. two years
1: were really fun, though, because I kind of discovered what type of piano music I liked. I picked things that I really enjoyed. And then it was still stressful because I get performance anxiety, but it was. Join the crowd. Yeah. I don't think anybody doesn't have performance anxiety.
2: Right. You should always have a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. That's
1: what it was. It turned into more like nervous excitement. So it was fun.
0: So you don't regret me having.
1: No, I don't. But I can hold it over your head a little bit. You made me.
2: I loved solo and ensemble That was like the highlight of my school year was yeah. so, I mean... I loved it so much. I have 44 medals hanging on my wall to this day. Oh, Uh -oh. I see in your lot, in your foyer (laughs) area. Yeah. Because my husband, I I had them in the basement Mm -hmm. and he's like, "Uh uh-uh, these need Mm -hmm. to be up where your students see them. They need Uh to see what kind of teacher they have. (laughs) So (laughs) I said, okay, but it's going in the foyer. It's not going to be in the studio. He goes, I don't care, (laughs) but they're there. (laughs)
0: No, we can look at them as we walk in, as we're waiting, you know, for someone else to finish.
2: Right. And I, I said, what are these? These are, those are my medals from solo and ensemble. Really? Yep. Mm -hmm. They're, they're all mine.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
2: Um, What about recitals? I personally do two formal recitals a year. We do a spring recital and a Christmas recital. It's not a winter recital. It's a Christmas recital because I love Christmas. Actual real Christmas music. It's a real Christmas music. (laughs) And I have so many students that sing all different genres. We'll have everything from contemporary Christian to um, sacred Christian to um, jazz, to Christmas carols, to um, your regular pop Christmas songs. We have every genre that you can imagine will be present. And it's so much fun because there's both voice and piano. And if I have a flute soon, then there'll be a flute thrown in there as well. So yeah. it's really very, it's a fun, fun afternoon to have, to do recitals. And then the spring recital is just basically a spring recital, you know, yeah. whatever we're, we're working on at the time that I feel like is going to, going to be, um, appropriate for a recital piece, performance piece. We'll put those together. And you recommend or require all your students to do it? I strongly recommend my first year students to do it. My kids pretty much, um, I don't tell them they have to, but I don't give them the option either. It's like (laughs) the recital is, what do we want to play? Uh, Let's pick out your song. Little kids don't need choices like that
0: all the time, right? Exactly, right?
2: They don't really understand. And one of my little girls that I had tonight, she um, when I first talked to the, her about recital, she's like, well, what's a recital? Cause she's never, she's brand new for me. Well, not yeah. brand new, but she's been here, you know, a little while. Uh, but obviously we didn't do the, um, she didn't do the Christmas. She wasn't here since Christmas last year. Okay. So she didn't do the Christmas recital. She must've started in January or February of this year. And so I told her all about it. I said, you get dressed up in a real fancy little dress and you get to walk up on this stage and I'll help you get situated at the piano and you're going to play a piece that we've been working on. And, you know, if you want. Miss Lindy will play the duet with you and I am going to be playing the duet with her. So <laughs> that really helps them settle down for especially their first time up there. At, yeah. It's a big stage and a big <laughs> piano. And so I'll sit down at the piano bench and be playing duets with a lot of the young ones to yeah. help them with their nerves on it. And then you get up and you bow. And, you know, so we practice our bows because of when you bow after somebody's applauding you, you are thanking them for appreciating that gift that you just gave to them. <laughs> So that's how I explain it. Cause my adults are some of my team. Really? We have to bow. Yes. You have to bow. <laughs> Non-negotiable. And I go one, two, check my shoes.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, you don't work exclusively with homeschool kids, but you've worked with a lot of them, especially in like this era of homeschooling. So um, do you have a piece of advice or takeaway for those kinds of families who've homeschooled at this time about music or really anything else?
2: Well, I think definitely if they can put music into their curriculum, it's very, very important to put music into their curriculum, Mm -hmm. just like it's in the public schools and the private schools. It needs to be in the homeschool home as well. Yeah. Um, And there's all different ways to do it, but of course, you know, I'm a little prejudiced. I think piano lessons are, you know, one of the best (laughs) ways to do it or singing or, you know, whatever, but get some music in that curriculum as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just helps to, round out that child really, really does. Yeah. And even though it's a, it's an individual sport, um, (laughs) I did that quotations, people who can't see my hands, um, (laughs) which would be everybody, right. (laughs) (laughs) An individual, um, activity, Mm -hmm. it, the kid It's funny because I've been able to bring kids together, Mm -hmm. um, in ensemble, smaller ensembles, some homeschool kids and some, you know, public and private school kids. And then I'll bring them together in an ensemble and they get to know each other. And then they'd see each other at recurring recitals and they become, you know, they get that. Get that connection together, yeah, and it's yeah. it's really neat to see these kids yeah. grow like that. So well, yeah, yeah, I think homeschoolers. And need if they to have if it. they
0: start with piano, they might branch out to something else. Exactly. And if they're going to do a string or a wind instrument, then there's that's opportunity for getting in a band, getting right. in an orchestra. Right. In our area in Appleton, I don't know if you know this, Lindy, but there is um, Valley Troubadours. It is a homeschool band. Yes, I've heard about yeah. it. Yeah, and so other one of areas my families, one of my too. homeschool families, takes
2: their kids down there and they play yeah. baritone, and I'm not sure what other instruments are yeah, being played yeah. down there. But I mean, youth family.
0: symphonies, youth yep. orchestras. you can get your yep. kids in a city band if they're if they're good enough. you yep. know, they, if they're teens, preteens, and they can play, they can yep. be in it. So yep, exactly. it's not always an individual.
2: Right. 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 (laughs) Right. I mean, as far as in your home, it's individual, but there are definitely way many opportunities, a ton of opportunities out there for a homeschooler to be involved in a group organization. A lot of them.
0: And if you don't find one, make one. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Right. Any parting thoughts for us, my dear? Well, this has been delightful and (laughs) I um,
2: thank you for allowing me to share what expertise I might have. (laughs) I've I've been doing this a very long time and it is my passion. Like you said, in the beginning, I love teaching and I, Mm -hmm. I am confident in my skills. So, um, it's, I make it fun. I'm not cookie cutter teacher. And, um, it's just, I I think everybody, everybody should have some bit of music in their life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Everyone. You know what? I couldn't say that any better. Everybody should have some music in their life. Um, Parents, keep that in mind. Think about each of your kiddos and how they might be wired. Start praying about it, you know? How can I involve each of my kids in music? What does Bobby need? What does Sally need? And just kind of go for it and figure it out. Even if you don't play, even if you don't sing, like Lindy said, you can learn music right along with your children, just like you're learning math and history and science and everything else. Include music. Have a great day.